0: Welcome back everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. Today is August 22nd. I'm going to be having John Lipfield here. Um, maybe I can switch to my
1: screen where people can see me. A lot better. Always oh, it's nice when it works. Um, hope everybody is doing well.
0: I'm down here in the south of France. It's swelteringly hot today, but still a beautiful day. It was great to get outside in the morning, get a little exercise. Again, I'm going to have John Lidfield here. He is head of marketing and engagement with MentMaker. Um, it should be an interesting conversation with him. I'm looking forward to
1: catching up with him. Uh, actually, catching up with him. No, we've never actually met. Uh, let's see how that works. Oh, that sounds even better. Okay. Um, yeah, it should be interesting talking to him. Um, just
0: on a quick aside, uh, I want to talk about this. I can pull this
1: up. Make sure I have the right page up here. Uh, so, speaking speaking of um, events.
0: So, if you remember this thing, the the COVID thing, helped him happened. Um, so we all got locked in. Uh, Zoom, I think it was Zoom who did the online stuff, uh, was you know fantastically successful, and so, uh, this is kind of one uh, a history or a story as old as as VCs and startups and technologies itself. So, with COVID, everybody ran towards this sector, so the kind of online event management uh sector. One sec, let me make sure my in here. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's here. We'll pull him in here in a second. Let me just finish up talking about this. Um, so it was really interesting. So what we saw is, of course, everyone was really excited. Uh, all the investors ran towards this sector. We said the world has ended as we know it. Hoppen did a great job or they were doing a great job. Um, they raised, I think I looked at a history of their uh, money raising, they raised something like a billion dollars. And at one point, they were valued at $7.6 billion. That's a big number. That's a lot of zeros. Um, I've never been too good at math, but I know that's a lot of zeros. Um, So this happens, uh, you know, and then COVID uh, doesn't end. It's still with us, but just how we dealt with it kind of shifted. And kind of Hoppin's uh, wind is they're really focused on online online events and not, for the most part, as I understand it. But maybe John will have a different thinking on this. And so um, things just kind of the the wheels kind of fell off. And so uh, and then I just read that a good chunk of their product portfolio um, got sold for fifteen million. And, of course, uh, now they're having to do a lot of stuff because uh, it's hard to hire people when you've gone through that process. It's hard to retain people. Uh, And also your strategy is just completely kind of gone by the wayside. The CEO has now been pushed out. Um, But it's kind of an interesting story. But I guess the point about this is... Uh, VCs and the tech industry, in some ways, is kind of a stone worst enemy in some some cases. Like, I'm sure Hopin had a great um, product set. I'm sure they had great ideas and, and were executing and were generating revenue. Um, but that's kind of an excessive valuation. Um, and it's not because one company hits that all the companies are going to follow up with that. but I'm curious to hear what John has about
1: that. Um, that being said, let me pull in John here. Let me see. John, you there? Oh yeah, great. Let me hold on. Let me uh, let me dial in. Uh, just one thing. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I, we can hear you really well. You get great, great sound. Um, just.
0: I was fooling around with this thing and i changed some settings can i ask you just one favor john yes why don't you raise your camera so they have your forehead in the photo frame as well uh good looking guy we want to have your whole head in there (laughs) um what do you think happened i don't want to sidetrack our conversation today but what do what do you think happened with Hoppin? was it the vc's fault is it one person's fault Um, Is there no fault to be had? Was it over-excitement because of COVID?
2: Yeah, definitely over-excitement because of COVID, I think investors and owners are moving on now. There is not just uh, enough opportunity in the market for all the players. Uh, There were too many people, too many actors on the market and VCs and entrepreneurs uh, thought that the pandemic had changed uh the landscape but uh the landscape of events is not about um multiplying uh events live events digital events hybrid events It, it hasn't been like a big addition of events and a boom of the the whole market you know when the the live events came back you know we didn't like multiply the number of events by 10 because we had like live events, digital events, and hybrid events. We just got back to exactly the same number of events we had.
0: Yeah, and, and we did B2B Rocks after COVID was gone. For the first time, it became a live event. I think it was absent for two years, and uh, that was one of the reasons why we brought it back. And, and what we noticed is that there was a real appetite to go back for live events and that, that people really enjoyed uh, getting back together.
2: Oh. Yeah, and, and you had uh, this edition where it was in digital, but when you could, uh, you just organized uh, a live uh, edition, hmm. but it wasn't like two editions a year. It was like one year it was in digital and the following year it was back as a live event, you know, so the, the market didn't grow. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I get you. Um. Listen. Let's, let's take a moment to to introduce yourself. So, why don't you tell everybody about your role
2: and what you do? Uh, who you are? <laughs> okay, I'm the head of marketing of uh, Event Maker. Uh, I'm originally not an event uh, and a marketing guy. I uh, started in the fashion industry um, in the family business. My 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 parents used to manufacture clothing. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a funny story because, uh, I started in the fashion industry. I used to visit, uh, fashion trade shows. And that's how I met, uh, people in the event organization industry, uh, in the trade show industry. And I started working for WSN, which is part of a larger group called Comexposium. Uh, and WSN is in charge of organizing who's next class and other fashion trade shows, uh, swimwear and lingerie trade shows um, in France and around the world. Uh, so I started in communication, then moving to marketing, and I had a sales uh, role uh, also at WSN and I worked uh, and I worked for nine years there and COVID happened uh and we couldn't organize our events it was really tough and hard to virtualize that kind of events because there are transaction oriented events um, and so we cancelled events or we postpone events so i was tired of that situation and i decided to move on uh, i experienced a lot of different platforms uh, to organize to manage uh, virtual events and then hybrid events and that's how i i experienced the virtual part of events maker uh, and they decided to hire me after that uh, so i worked uh, for i've been working for event maker for about a year now
0: oh, that's great i always think
2: uh it's
0: interesting when people outside of technology or with diverse backgrounds come and work in technology um, I think the sector is, is stronger for it because they tend to look at that. And I know in, in certain really tight uh, marketplaces, employment marketplaces like Israel, they take people with really wide ranging backgrounds and that more and more we're seeing that in France and other countries as well. Um, what about EventMaker? Tell us about EventMaker because you guys have been around a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's 14 years now, um, at Event Maker, we help all types of B2B organizations to better manage all their events through our leading event automation platform. So we're therefore event and engagement experts. Uh, we power more than 2,500 events each year whether they are internal or external, small or large, live, digital or hybrid events. So we're proud to power B2B Rocks, um, the Change Now submits in Paris, Curve Swimwear Tretches in New York City, or context conferences in Canada, and of course, dozens or hundreds of corporate conventions for software companies, for example, like Sage across the world.
0: Yeah. That's good. Good thing you called that out. So, so just let's be honest here. Um, BTB Rocks uses Event Maker, so um, just that we're we're clear with everybody that they they understand. Uh, and I use the platform on not a daily basis, but a couple times a week easily uh, for doing various things. And uh, it's kind of interesting when you say events. Um, what what exactly? What types of events uh, can you do with EventMaker?
2: Maker? Yeah. The- What's specific about event maker from the beginning is uh, we need to be able to power all kind of events uh, so it can be a trade show and a trade show is very specific because uh, you need to make companies meet uh, you have sellers, you have buyers and you want to uh, you want them to meet and do business together uh, you want to have exhibitor spaces for the exhibitors, you want to have visitor space, uh, you want to have networking tools. So you know each kind of events has um, a promise uh, made to their uh, audiences. So our role is to power all kinds of events. And it's very, very specific to be able to have such a large scope um, in terms of functionalities. And to be flexible enough to be able to uh, be used by so many different profiles of event organizers. So trade shows, for example, conventions, uh, general assemblies, um, a workshop, a webinar, um, a live streaming event, um, you know, really all kinds of events. Sometimes we have companies, corporates uh, using Event Maker power. Two hundred events a year, uh, and they have maybe ten different kinds of events uh, all all throughout the year.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's kind of I mean that's that's how we you guys we use you guys. So we use you to to power our live event, and there's the webinar aspects. We also uh, use you guys to host our community and a lot of our community centric content. Um, So,
2: yeah. Yeah, the idea is to to be able to manage a community um, and to lead this community across many different types of events because you multiply touch points. Uh, and sometimes you engage your audience with a webinar like this. Uh, and another time it's a small group of key users or key clients you want to engage on a small uh, event. Uh, maybe it's a VIP event and then once a year you have like your big events trying to uh gather all your community members uh with b2b rocks for example whether it's a digital event when you can't uh have your uh b2b rocks uh live as a live event or uh like at station f uh, in september yeah and our job is to adapt you know adapt whether the Context is, you know, whether you need to have something very specific, very live or hybrid or uh, digital, uh, whether you need to change because, you know, plans uh, change uh, because sometimes you need to change your plans. So you need to have uh, the right platform to adapt.
0: Yeah. And, and, and spirit as well. Last year, our, our, our stage roof blew off middle of our live b2b rocks event and uh everybody ran off the stage and i was up on the stage in a microphone and, and the thing was just okay stay calm got down <laughs> off the stage went and saw the ceo and CEO he was like we'll figure this out and you switch to another format but uh, the show must go on so to speak and, and and so part of it is staying calm under fire
2: everything um, can happen in events
0: i'd love to hear some stories from the fashion industry i'm sure you've got some great ones um, one of the things here in my notes uh, that you said was there was something about uh, creating events like content creators. That was something, and, and so what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, definitely, um, a lot of things changed uh, because of COVID. I don't want to go back to COVID and everything we we lived, but uh, we have some key learnings there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when COVID happened, uh, we event organizers had to go virtual and by going virtual, uh, we realized that we were creating content because when we have a webinar like this, uh, you don't know if it's an event or if it's content, Uh, actually it's both. So at some point I invented um, the expression, it's a live event content, you know, it's an event, it's a live event. It's a live content. So I imagined live event content as an expression, but it was uh, something very important for uh, event organizers to to try to uh, to switch uh, and, and try to think as content creators because they are not just uh, making people meet. They are creating a content because they are talking to an audience and not visitorship, for example. Uh, and the audience can, of course, uh, live it uh, live uh, or uh, tease, see the content in replay uh, and then replay the content. So, and it's a different narrative and it's a different way to to do things because not everything is live. And they need to consider that everything you're going to, uh, create, uh, must be a content. Uh, and it must be interesting whether you, uh, you are alive or you're going to replay it. So it's a different way to, 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 to do it. Uh, and the virtual events, the live the virtual events we, we had for uh, about a year and two years, uh, were very interesting because event organizers has had to think as content creators were inspired by youtubers for example in the way they had to run uh, their events and a lot of event organizers were saying that they were not running events at the time but they were running shows and that's very interesting because event organizers were looking at all um, different kinds of formats and could be yeah, live streaming formats on on Twitch. Uh it was inspired by Clubhouse, uh it wasn't inspired by LinkedIn events, uh and of course a lot of YouTube uh shows we can watch.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how much content is changing. And then how much that's changing, how we think about events and the content we create around B2B as well. And it's, you've got to have a good brand. You've got to have a little edginess. You've got to think about taking into account uh, the replay of the content. There's so many more factors. The complexity of this stuff keeps going up and up. But then the tools we have to do this as well keep improving as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. But it, it changed also for content creators because... Oh. You know, when you're a content creator, you're used to create your content. You have a weekly or monthly kind of content that you're releasing, and it's like a frequency that you created uh, with your audience. But it's interesting to, uh, to see that content creators started to think as event organizers, to creating the momentum, the right moment to release the right content and um, it's not just what's happening i'm talking about what's hot but is it the right moment to talk about this uh according to my audience what they're living uh when i i'm living and what is the communication context so very interesting to to see the merge of this media approach and this uh, event approach so, um, actually, I think a lot of people uh, from the event organization uh, hired people from, from the media industry to, to inspire and to uh, change the way they were operating.
0: That's funny because since I've been doing a lot of content online now, more and more I want to go towards comedy. So, I kind of want to go to the entertainment and, and, more and more to the event industry. Why do. How do you see people using events innovatively? What do you see people doing innovatively with events?
2: Um, events is the the way they create content beforehand before their events, uh, oh. like the events is a milestone uh, something very important in uh, throughout the year for their community. but they are thinking it's um, it's like a you, you plan your whole year with different touch points and different type of contents and events. And actually it's the same. It's like, okay, in September I will have B2B Rocks as an event. And then in October I will have webinar. And then in November, I will have a small gatherings with my VIP uh, sponsors and you're planning things, not just thinking of events, but thinking of the whole marketing um, all the marketing tools uh, marketers uh, use now, but somehow everything is connected. You know, it's like holding this webinar is a way to prepare and to tease about what's going to happen on P2P Racks in September. So it's super important to create intelligent smart links between the different contents and events throughout the year. So yeah, for event organizers, just uh, launching podcasts, uh, or, uh, a a YouTube channel or Twitch is something very innovative for them. You know, not for everybody, you know, a lot of people were using Twitch for a long time, but for event organizers, for B2B guys, uh, it wasn't something to do. And, uh, I think this mix of B2B inspiring from, uh, the, the, the B2C, uh, companies, and then even to organize inspiring from uh, media companies uh, had changed uh, quite a lot of the marketing mix for uh, SaaS uh, and B2B companies overall.
0: That's interesting. Um, what do you think um, are some of the, the, for creating and scaling events, what do you think are some of the keys that companies need to look for as they go? trying to build their own events and, uh, as they build out their plans. for what, is, what are the tricks to creating and scaling these things? I know what we do, but I'd, I'd like to see it from, hear it from your perspective.
2: Well, um, technology is key to scale um, events, definitely. Uh, I mean, I see that in a lot of our clients you know a lot of our clients were not equipped with any kind of events uh, event management software you know they were just practicing events with the excel spreadsheets and uh, and, uh, emails and outlooks and it was enough and they just realized that you have tools to actually scale your events and the way to scale your events is you have to automate some some tasks without automating tasks, you can't scale it, Uh, you can't scale the game. So that's one thing that's super important. The other thing is to measure your events, you know, use the data because we have a lot of data. And since we have this online events and live events, we can actually gather a lot of different types of, uh, of data from the different types and of of events throughout the year and you need to use the data from the different events like the events you gather from the webinar mm-hmm. should be used of course uh, to better manage and create your next events whether it's in person or alive so the, the use of data is super, super important. And then the data is not really used uh, properly used because it's not integrated within organization. So I would say that the integration of data within organizations uh, is super important to uh, enhance uh, the, 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 the events and the way you, you prepare and you operate your events.
0: Of course. Of course, data also allows people to measure ROI, and so that go- always goes back to generating budget and getting credibility within your organization. Um, that's another aspect of the data. So if you can show that you know, your efforts that you worked on for the course of the year, you generated a certain amount of audience, um, were able to hit, and s- hit certain KPIs, it gives you so yes. much more leeway throughout the organization to, to justify that going forward.
2: Yeah, in general, you have um, very few KPIs in the event field uh, because people are looking for um, participation rate Mm -hmm. and they are looking at satisfaction rate. So it's very basic and I know quite a lot of companies, uh, they don't even look at NPS or uh, just satisfaction surveys because they don't send certain surveys. Uh, when an event is bad, no one wants to know why because they are like afraid of, uh, some boss <laughs> saying, okay, what is the kind of event you throw? It was very bad and it's, it's a poor ROI. But generally speaking, um, organizations are not able to, uh, calculate, uh, ROI uh, of their events. So, and it's, just, it, it's a key thing, you know, in our industry. You cannot calculate thoroughly this ROI, but it doesn't mean you can't measure anything. Actually, you can't you can measure a lot of things and gather and collect a lot of data uh, before, during, and after the events.
0: Yeah, that's a an really inter- really interesting point. Um, I was just, just thinking about, I flashed back to last year when we did B2B Rocks. It was the first team, um, our team, had done the the live event and we had worked on it like eight months. I mean, it was our second job within the organization, really working hard on it. And I remember the day of the event after the first few minutes, taking a huge um, breath of relief and just being so happy that we had made it to that day. And um, and it was such a huge relief to finally actually be doing the event, this culmination of like eight months worth of work, all these marketing plans that have been integrated and all these things, huge logistical efforts. We're talking about 2000 people from over 20 countries around the world and and the, the satisfaction. And then finally uh, being part of the team, uh, feeling proud of what the team was able to accomplish. and And I think in a way our customers and the audience Felt that because we were really passionate and enthusiastic about that throughout the team. And I, I think that came through.
2: So, um. that, that, that's what's very peculiar in our industry. Uh, and in marketing, even marketing is key because it's where it's the most intense. You know, uh, it's like. It's it's super high in terms of emotions, in terms of intensity for everyone, for the mm-hmm. organizers, for, for the, uh, the attendees, for the exhibitors, for the sponsors, we create that momentum. Yeah. And when it happens, you know that you're gonna have a return on investment because that's what stays, you know, uh, after an event. Uh, you remember something that has been intense, but it's super difficult to say, uh, was it intense for you? You know, uh, is it going to create some um, feedback, some results for you? Um, Maybe in one week, two weeks, one month, six months or one, just one meeting uh, becoming crucial, essential uh, in your professional career or in your business relationships. Uh, And it's because of that intensity. Uh, so we're all focused in creating that intensity, but on the same way, uh, we need to be rational and we need to be clear on what kind of data we want to collect and use to be even more productive and even more impactful for the next events. Uh, I give you some example in terms of data. Uh, of course, you can uh, look at the registrations. Uh, You can look at the ticket sales for B2B Rocks because you sell tickets. Uh, You look at the the different type of registrations because you have different types of registrants and participants. Uh, You can look at social media content generated. You can look at press clippings. Uh, You can look at who are the new attendees uh, on your event. Um, You can look at the time spent at your events. Uh, the content viewed, uh, the station registration, the number of messages sent uh, using the networking platform, uh, the content like the content comments, uh, stream minutes watched, and the number of connections made, uh, who showed up, uh, not showed up, uh, attendee meetings booked, uh, exhibitor meetings booked, um, yeah, you can look at SQLs, pipeline generated, food traffic, booth visit, badges scans at exhibitors booth. And our job is to incorporate all these touch points into the platform and to multiply, uh, the opportunities to create, uh, interactions, uh, between, uh, participants and, um, yeah, allow the, the, the organizers to maximize, uh, the, the level of engagement.
0: That's, that's an interesting point. One of the things I like about the event management platforms, both from a virtual aspect and a live aspect that you're able to do now, is you can kind of set up brain dates. So prior to an event or when you're part of a community, you can go look for people with similar interests who, or who have roles where you think it might be beneficial for both of you to meet and set up what I call a brain date, which you, you try and introduce to your person. And and especially if you're able to do that and introduce yourself pr- prior to an event to somebody and then at the event go meet them uh it's yeah. it, it's it's that's, you can move closer towards the transactional point of actually doing something by meeting people at an event because then you have that human interaction as well
2: yeah and the, the networking part is really key now for for events because you know content is key but content is everywhere now and hmm. it can happen before the events so if you want to know more about john or event maker or or event marketing you you can watch uh that that webinar or replay and you don't have to wait for the event to uh hear about john it or hmm. event marketing uh, so content is not enough content is really important but it the real important stuff is that you know that Chan Lipthal is going to be a key speaker and you will be able somehow to meet with him. And you need to facilitate uh, the possibilities to people, people to meet the right persons. Uh, so, so when you communicate about your content, you actually communicate on the possibility to meet someone and to meet people that are interesting in the same persons as you do. Uh, and so 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 the networking aspect of the event is is key, and it's transformed the way we uh, yeah produce and manage events, I think. and And that's why data is key because if you organize your webinars beforehand, you have information on who is interested in what, in whom, and you can facilitate the connections uh, during the event.
0: Yeah, that's funny because I remember I, I hadn't heard it put the way you said it. But last year, I remember talking internally and saying, basically, our product at B2B Rocks is ideas and people. Um, yeah. And those ideas and people come from our community. Yeah. So um, and, and basically, we're, we're trying to wrap that and present, make it more presentable um, and make it a little bit more interesting and, and uh, with a little uh, more eye-catching. But that's it. One of my ideas to make things more presentable this year is, is I wanted to make it like Burning Man. I wanted to burn a giant computer at the end of uh, B2B rocks, but they, they wouldn't let me do that, so there' be no burning computer <laughs> this year.
2: Uh, maybe next year.: don't, um, don't burn Station F down.
0: No, not burn Station F, just just <laughs> a giant computer. They said it would be hard to get the permits, and uh, the fire department aligned in Paris to do all that. Um, how do you how do you what do you? How do you see companies innovating events into their marketing strategy, specifically SaaS's? Do you see, um, I mean, we went from webinars, a lot of companies, I mean, there was a period, especially with COVID, I hate to say the dreaded term again, where we were just bombarded with, um, with uh, webinars. Um, yeah. It's kind of toned down a little bit, but how do you see organizations using events and integrating that increasingly? marketing efforts?
2: Well, I think that you said it's, you know, it's a human-led business, uh, even SaaS, because we think, okay, we're in SaaS, it's a software industry. So uh, I'm not originally from the, the, the software industry, but I see passionate people uh, in that industry. And mm. any kind of industry with passion needs people to meet, people need to meet. It's it's human. That's the way it is. So. Uh, as soon as we, we could um, go from only uh, online and webinars to uh, live events, people went back to live events, and and that's super important to um, to to do things again because a lot of software companies did not organize their own events for years. It was too complicated. Too, it's too uh, expensive and they had no people to do that actually because <laughs> we, we, we laid off a lot of people and a lot of people in the events industry uh, had to leave their jobs because you know there were no point to have these kind of people within companies and now it's on the contrary uh, we have a lot of uh, software companies uh, hiring people uh, who have an experience to gather people and they are human-centric, first human-centric and to find the right experience uh, to offer uh, to their community members. So knowing your community members, not just what they're interested in, but in what they like doing, what they like experiencing uh, and sharing is super important because it's you're much closer to someone you know who uh he, he likes to to do not just likes as an interest you know i know that you are interested in something okay fine you know marketing can do that uh very easily but knowing what you like to experience as a human being strengthen the relationship so uh, i see a lot of uh SaaS company uh like any other companies going back to live events uh concentrating on their core uh users core clients core community members and building from that core community trying to um yeah create some surprise um and being creative on that uh aspect and i think it's a good training you know you said it when you're from an industry, um, you're from the software industry, don't hire your people just from the software industry. You need to cross-fertilize. Uh, uh, you need to have people thinking differently. And that's how you get innovative stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's one of the interesting... I'm, I'm, I'm seeing is uh, So many companies, especially... Um, it, it, in the b to c space uh i think their approach um there's one company i really like it's actually a french fashion company Le Slip francaise i think that's what they yeah. call this and um this company they make french underwear like really high quality french underwear and then when you go to their youtube channel uh basically they talk about marketing on their youtube channel and so they're talking about marketing and building business and you're like this has nothing to do uh, with, with um, anything to do with underwear or yes. really being French. It's, it's really nothing yeah. to do with that. But I think just when they look at their ideal client profile, they're like, these people are business people because they have the money to buy our underwear and they're kind of interested in these concepts. So it's, it's really, there's so many interesting ways to attack these problems, Whether to build a community. I know one of the things uh, we did last year is... We're like, okay, our name's B2B Rocks. We're like, let's ask all our invi- invites what their favorite rock song is. And then let's work that into our social media. Um, and then, uh, so there's, there's all kinds of interesting ideas. And I think if you're, you, you have to be, don't want to offend anybody, but you have to be a little avant-garde
1: and um, you can't be too staid anymore. Otherwise, it won't pop.
2: Um, it's, 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 it's a way to do things differently, uh, and, that, and that's super important because when you're a SaaS company and you're part of a software category, you tend to tell the same story. And we have that conversation together about, uh, about that, like you're in, uh, let's say, uh, uh, marketing automation. Uh, okay, you have the leader, uh, which is Salesforce. Uh, and then you have like dozens of companies doing some uh, marketing automation or sales automation uh, platforms. And if you're just concentrating on your product and what you do best, well, that's not enough to create relationships, strong relationships. Uh, you have to concentrate on building company culture. And the company culture, it's all about culture, it's not about only the product. So, you have to differentiate yourself by concentrating on what is important to you as a company culture elements. That's
1: a good point. Um...
2: But if, if rock is super important for advisor, then you go B2B Rocks. And, and, and that's good, you know, because the way you're going to do it is going to be unique.
0: We're trying to line up a partnership with one of the big music providers like Deezer or Spotify. We'd like to partner with them and have them be part of it too. But so far, we haven't been able to get them on board. And uh,
1: also, start including people's music list. That might be avenue we explore going forward. Um, I think what other what other things should we talk about here related to events did i miss anything did we um
0: did you have some specific how to's you want to talk about
2: no my my point is really to invite um invite marketing marketers to uh focus on on data and the use of data across the different platforms they use, whether it's marketing platforms or uh, events uh, automation platforms like uh, Events Maker. Uh, And I think thinking events as a source of touch points and a way to collect data and to use that data to uh, create a better engagement and a better ROI, is key in the way they are going to uh, create impactful events.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing that's important for people to look at for organizations that are considered doing events, whether uh, online or or face-to-face or both, or hybrid events, have you, is just understand the complexity, the logistics, both technical and real, virtual and real of like pulling off an event and also how much there is in an event management platform. Um, You know, in the past, I've worked at organizations like we didn't want to go out and get a certain software. So we've kind of built our own software by pulling things together. You could never really pull together all the things event maker for. Um, There's just not that it's just, it would be too much work. And the thing is, is that those functionality, a lot of that functionality that we have that platform allows us to do this as a
1: small team, it wouldn't have been approachable. And the, you the, have, yeah.
2: the scope of functionalities is huge. You know, uh, people, people don't realize what's uh, an event management platform and yeah. even less what an event automation platform is. You need to deal with registration, ticketing, editing some badges with QR codes. You need to have devices to manage the check-ins uh, during the, the event. Uh, you need to have your website, event website. You need maybe to have a mobile app. You need to manage email campaigns all in a single platform. And, and, then,
0: and, and there's, there's the pre and post community management aspects of it as well. Uh, there's making the content available to people pre and post as well. Yeah. The, the list uh just goes on and on and the breadth of all this functionality a little hard to imagine and and if you had to pull it together using disparate tools i don't think you could
1: Because uh, well, so-
2: sometimes when we we are used by new new customers uh people say we replace four or five different tools they need four or five different tools assembled together to do the same things so, and, and sometimes are, there are different people from different teams. So it's super complicated because, you know, people don't share the same data. They don't share the same practice. They don't, you know, so hard to coordinate, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it, it's a way to, to be more, um, uh, I would say collaborative, uh, across your organization too. So, and, 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 and to have, good practices used for one event that you're going to duplicate and reuse to uh, save time for your next events. So that's super important.
0: Yeah, so you're not recreating the wheel every time and... And
1: There is
2: an expression in events, you know, it's uh, same, same, but different. It's actually our job, you know. I mean, your community hasn't changed, you know, completely uh, <laughs> since the last uh, B2B Rocks edition. Yeah. So basically, you know, uh, the concept is the same, but actually, it's not the same because <laughs> the date is not the same, because the place is not the same, because some of the participants are not the same and you don't want to throw the same experience. So same, same, but different is something very key and that forces organization to be creative.
0: I like, I like oxymoronic uh, ideas. So same, same, but different works great for me. That, that uh, works for me. Um, we, we do some stuff repeatedly, same, same, but different. Um, with our, all our guests. So we ask them some questions as we get towards the end when we're talking to them. So let me, if you're ready, are you ready?
1: <laughs> yes, I'll, I am.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a few questions. How about, uh, do you have a funny anecdote from your career? Maybe something related to the fashion industry or maybe something that happened when you moved from the fashion
1: industry to the SaaS industry? Mm, something. Well, from,
2: from the... From the- even industry, um, the funny part was, yeah. One, one anecdote, um, at who's next it's a fashion trade show, uh, in Paris. Um, it's like twice a year and the founder, uh, who sold the company since, but the founder at that moment, uh, used to be very famous to throw like big, big parties and, uh, it's outside parties, you know, uh, at Port de Versailles. It's the exhibition, big exhibition center in Paris. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had like a big party because it was like 20 year anniversary of the company and uh, a lot of people coming and, uh, and it was outside and we had a great DJ and it was like, uh, uh close to the, the DJ and a lot of booze, a lot of music and it was getting late. And then, the police came into the, the exhibition center and asked for the organization to stop the music because it was too loud and people from the surroundings were complaining about the music. And the boss from the company uh, said, OK, no problem, I- I'm going to lower the music, but it's it's my company birth uh, anniversary. so." uh it's gonna last a little bit but i promise i'm gonna lower the music and the police said okay i give you like five uh five seconds to lower the music and stop the party he lowered for five seconds and during the five seconds he asked the policeman how much uh is the fine. yeah and then he, he 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 did that for about uh two hours and I think it's the biggest fine an event organizer received from all the Versailles exhibition center. And it was like a gift from the founder to the community members because nobody wanted the party to, to end, uh, at that time. And that, and that's something we need to remember. Uh, it's, it's very human, you know, because yeah. everybody knew what was happening because you you saw all the policemen saying, okay, we're going to shut down the music. And it was like at the microphone saying, okay, we're going to shut down the music because policemen are here. And you create the tension, you create something people, you know, can see, can experience. And they're like, oh, we're all going to be disappointed because the party is so cool. And then it continues. It continues. It continues. So he spent the money, but I think, it was one of the best investments he made at the time. And that's something to remember, <laughs> to see all these policemen saying, Okay, I'm going to give you a fine, a second fine, a third fine. That's hysterical. <laughs> and it, it lasted like for two hours. And at the end, everybody applauded. you know, it was like, Okay, it's crazy to pay so much money <laughs> to have two hours more party. Okay. That's a, that's a great story. Okay, what is
1: something you would like to change in your industry, in the event management industry? Um, uh, well, the,
2: the bad habits is not measuring anything. Not measuring anything? Uh, I, I, yeah, not measuring anything. It's to, to, to be happy with just the satisfaction rate and the participation rate. I think... Uh, it changes. Uh, it changes, but because even people were uh, on the communication side, uh, now after COVID, uh, a lot of event, uh people, even professionals, uh, depend on marketing departments. So it changed the mind of marketing people, and marketing people changed the mind of even uh, uh, professionals. And I think even professionals now tend to think more about data. Than uh, before, but uh, still, there are quite a lot of stuff to do uh, in that film.
0: Okay, so I wrote one article today. I like the idea of writing an art- another article: data-driven event management. Yeah, uh,
2: definitely. Okay.
0: All right, last last question: um, What's your favorite rock song? Do you have a favorite rock song? Uh,
2: I think you need to go on to my B two B rocks profile because okay. i completed it like yesterday so okay <laughs> it's a it's rolling Stones song It's a Rolling so Stone i invite song. i invite everyone to go on my b2b rocks profile so okay. they'll get the answer
0: <laughs> you so if you want to meet john and, and you're going to be a b2b rocks you're going to be um in paris right
2: yes definitely we'll be in okay. paris yeah okay definitely. station f
0: good i'm looking yeah. forward to that i can't wait and it's uh like around a month away so we'll be there we'll get a chance to meet in person which i think it's always great to meet in person
2: um and everyone you. wants to everyone wanting to talk about marketing or event marketing can uh, connect uh through uh, uh linkedin i use a lot linkedin
0: linkedin are you are you going to be giving a talk at B2B Rocks as well
2: yes i will uh well it, okay. it's going to be about software categories and how to create your own Software category when you're a SaaS company.
0: Good. You guys are getting a lot of applications from people who used to work at Hoppin? Don't, <laughs> Don't answer that question. Okay, listen, um, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thank you, Steve, for your invitation. I look forward to meeting you uh, during B2B Rocks in September. You bet. Thanks. I look forward
1: to it too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Always really interesting to meet with people. Um, Especially when
0: uh, it, I think it's interesting to meet with people, but also learn about their industries. Um, anyhow, I'm back from vacation. I went on vacation in Scotland. That's why I'm so red. I'm the only person who can possibly get suntan in Scotland or turn red at least. I have two colors red and white, which is like two thirds of a person American, I guess. Um, but it's great to be back. Um, next week on August 29th, we have Dmitry Lezitsky who's a CEO and co-founder of Influ2? We're going to be talking about the future of ad tech. Um, if you haven't uh, worked with an event management tool, if you work in marketing, if you do anything related to events or uh, webinars, if you manage a community, anything like that, um, I really suggest you take a look at tools like EventMaker. Um, the breadth of their capabilities is really impressive. and um, in and aside, I think it'll spur a lot of thoughts on how you can use these to change your approach to marketing and create value for your audience. Um, and that's really what it's about. Our, our audience we engage with, they want value from us. So hopefully, if you have a few minutes, you can take some time and do that. I know also Event Maker, they have a newsletter that they send out with ideas um, about how to use the platform and how to engage people and how to keep people engaged. And that's really what it's about as well. I do value and keep. Um, and with that, I'll wrap up and everybody wish you a great
1: uh, week, rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.